That's the hype tune. What's going on, guys? So, welcome to the Running Strength Podcast. I think this is possibly episode seven. So, it's me and Coach Ian here. We're going to go over a little bit of the Squat Everyday program. It's quite a popular one that ends up being, I think, used or at least tempting every lifter to use it probably every day. Everything always comes around. It's kind of like that small arm Russian squat program is always quite popular. We're going to go over like what kind of like, I suppose, like the goods and bads, like the critique of the program, why you might use it, who it's who it is useful for, and also maybe some tips to help you be able to get through it to get the most out of it without breaking yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been, um, so my squat every day stuff was very much, I remember I kind of went from doing, it was like a really weird variation of it. It was like a, it was from a T Nation article of all places, which seems to be where I get a lot of my terrible ideas. So hmm. I'm just a six week program where it was like one week, you literally just do 10 singles every day. The next week you max out every day. Then the next week's 10 doubles. Then you max out every, like, every day the next week. And you just do that round and round. So it wasn't so much a true like Bulgarian-esque max out all the time. It was yeah. kind of like mixing volume-ish. Like 10 singles isn't really that much volume, but 10 singles in with like max outs. And I think I had, I remember I had good experience with that because it taught me how to squat better because up until then I was just squatting once or twice a week like everyone else was. But did you, you're running the Travis Mash one. Did you do squat every day before this? I think the best way to look at this from my perspective is kind of address the start and then look at the end. So I think if you're going to go into squat every day, you've got to look at it from the, the point of view, what's your focus, what you're trying to get out of it. Um, currently for me, I'm restricted on what I can do, but I can max squats. I can max some squats out as much as I, as much as I want to. So it's not too much of a problem, but you and me now have got a lot of squatting experience. So I think it's one of these things is like you can't I think to get the most out of this you need to be a seasoned lifter I think you need to have been doing the sport three or four years mainly just to give yourself a solid background in what you're trying to do if that makes sense I don't think this is something to just jump into willy-nilly because your body's not going to be conditioned your recovery's not going to be right you're not going to know what you're going to be getting out of it if you actually go in with some experience and knowledge and understanding of how your body reacts to things you will achieve more with this squat program if that makes sense mate I think it's, it's, that is a massive, massive thing. You have to be prepped before you go into this, in, in my opinion. So Yeah, I think like, I would be on either end of it. I would either kind of like say it's one of those programs that you can, the less prepared you are from it in terms of like the less robust you are, the less of kind of like a GPP phase, if you want to call it that, that you've had, then the less to the letter you're going to be able to do this as we describe it. But I know that Jim Wender used to have people like, if he had kids squatting, five days a week but like they could only squat 60 kilos he was like no they're squatting every single time because they're not even squatting their body weight it's yeah. not stressful and they need to learn the movement in that standpoint it's like you're not doing this program in the way that we're describing it. you are squatting frequently but you're doing it more for movement pattern learning whereas when you do i think when you do a true squat every day or high frequency program with anything you're looking to have a heavy and like strong stimulus as often as possible it might not be very much volume so you might only do a top set of five or a top set of one or a top set of three mm -hmm and maybe back offs if you can handle it but mm. you're looking to have a heavy stimulus very often so you get good at lifting heavier i'd say that's actually the main benefit i found from it was mm. it taught me that you don't judge it you don't judge the weight by how heavy it feels when it comes out the rack because in all honesty like if i tell everyone here as soon as i started to squat over 220 consistently even when i was fatter everything feels horrible so i know that this, oh, is, this is something that's quite common amongst most lifters once you get over like the kind of double body weight or two and a half times body weight mark, it just all feels horrible. Nothing feels good. So when you take 200 out, it's going to feel horrible. When you take 220 out, it's going to feel like... Well, it doesn't feel any heavy. Yeah. It's like prime example today on the plan. Like, um, as, you, as you'll know from the weekend, uh, I, I took a massive step for me in my squatting journey as such, and I got a 220 back squat, which <clears throat> I was stupidly happy with. Today, um, after getting my chains out of the gym, I, I did a 230 um with 20 uh, 200 kilo raw with 30 kilo chain 220 and 230 didn't feel that different yeah out of the rig out of, out of the rack it sucked <laughs> but it didn't suck anymore any less i think like you say when you get to that sort of 200 kilo mark or up in those areas it just sucks and then it's a mind over matter thing it's you you having that experience and knowing that if you're going to hold position 
and stick to the plan, you will be fine. Yeah. But I think every, everyone's got that weight. For me, it's 200 now. Like anything up to or over 200 just feels like death. Yeah. But my whole position and I'm fine. Yeah, teaches the how to like, look at the set and like objectively say this is a good set or a bad set. Like I think like looking at um, not the traditional RPE scale, because I don't know if you ever seen the one they use at universities it's got 20 fucking points on it which is like it's good for some stuff but not what we use travis mash's one and I'm, but obviously we're talking about it because that's the what the squat everyday program we all use but he literally went with for olympic lifts don't even bother with five or six go seven eight nine and ten on the rpe scale he was like seven's like good working weight but it's moving fast technically you can make it perfect even if it requires some effort and like you're not going to miss it if you miss it it's because you've, it's because you've been lazy not because yeah, you, you're you weak. And that's like he was like that's going to be between 65 to 80 percent on any given day rp eight to nine is like he's starting to get more difficult and you have to focus there might be some technical breakdown and it's harder to obviously move quite as quickly so that's going to be between again 80 to 90 percent then he's like rp nine to ten is like that's where misses might happen and technical breakdown is going to be a thing. And also you won't move as fast. And that's like 90%, 95% plus. I found that more helpful because when I think back to how I used to do squat every day when someone, I can't remember who I talked to about it, was saying like, here's how you can make it progress. Instead of grinding all of your top sets, make it so that you do singles, doubles or triples for a top set with back offs, but you're not allowed to grind the top set. As soon as there's any sign of grinding, that's when you come back off because then you learn to move everything quickly. And I think by doing that, I went from having like a 215 back squat and then a two, I did 200 for 10. But then also the next day I couldn't do 200 for one. It was very strange. Like I, that's where I started to learn about how basically you fluctuate a lot. And yeah. How those percentage ranges of like, oh, so we've all seen the chart where it will say 100% is obviously one rep. 95% is two reps. 90% is three. That doesn't work once you start to really specialize in singles. Like yeah. three reps is like 85 or 80%. Five reps is like 70%. I'm the same I'm like I can push up you, you know what I'm like anyway I can push a heavy single and almost all three lifts give me give me volume it's just like reps just kill me like, it just drastically drops down which has been one of the things I've noticed that has gone up since doing this squat everyday plan and following the the parameters that Travis has set out within this program I've I've stuck to a lot of it I've had to adjust some bits uh, which I think we'll talk about in a second or two but Overall, it's been such a nice variant wave is the only probably way to describe it of up and down with sort of reps, pauses, different bits and pieces as well. So, but I think the the time I spent sort of my my sort of to go to squat program has always been the Russian squat program. Never like um, Smirnoff is just too much, too much for people for, for what we're trying to do. Is like, it's the Russian squat program? Warm. It's actually quite like if you actually look at it, it's quite conservative. It's like three days a week, and it's like moderate reps. So it's like four. It's to just six it's reps. like six six sets of two, and then like on week one, and then like the second session is six sets of three. Some people do it three days a week. Some people do it two days a week. But I just do it two days a week. So I have a six by two, then a six by three, then a six by two, six by four. All of it's at eighty percent. And every single time I've done that program, I've PB'd my back squat and my front squat. Ah, uh, you yeah, know, I do remember because it it's like a, it's quite. People don't think it's going to work because it's pretty much just flat loading the entire time, yeah. and they don't. It's something to know because your volume's going up and you're learning to move eighty percent and treat it like it's not a weight. That's why it works. Exactly. The beauty exactly. as well is it's one of these programs. I find that you can, we can try and reinvent the wheel as many times as we want, but it's been type, it's been tested and proven these plans and these rep ranges and so on. You can quote X Y Z about them and Prelipin's chart this that and the other, but. Fundamentally, I find that this Russian squat program runs alongside your, your lifting program. It doesn't mess, one doesn't mess the other up. So you can make some solid, solid gains by doing that whilst you're trying to push hard with the lifts. Yeah. Um, and then you can taper out of it as you got stronger. So like from my perspective, when I, when I ran the Russian uh, back in last year, year before, I sort of like almost did an Ed Cohen. My competition's here and I backtracked everything. Yeah all the way through so i'm like right i have to peak here so <clears throat> i worked it out i ran uh, a back squat for the full i think it's eight to 12 weeks i think it's something lies on the top of my head then that went into a front squat program and then wallop i had some of the best you saw it three to four months of competitions i've ever had yeah and that's literally one into the other and it all complemented it well um after that then i obviously i, I sort of my program has always been very memed sort of like uh, inspire if not programmed by men I then went into more squat every day then and 
that was humbling to a certain extent to start off with to actually work to the maxes that he wants you to hit every day then the back offs and then all the other work you've got to do with it but I climatized to it and I got better so I think it's 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 a hard program to do I don't know how you feel about it but I think when you go into these squat everyday programs it's more mentally demanding than it is potentially physically demanding yeah I, def- I definitely think so I think it's a case of I'm going back over toward that more frequent strength work now and less frequent on the Olympic lifts because I've got to a point where obviously I can only put so much in my glass, like I need to get stronger again. But also, I also noticed that I think if I'm really tired and I've overdone training, my lifts look like shit. If I have like a day or two off of weightlifting, but I'm still training, my lifts look absolutely fine. They look quicker. So I know that my technique isn't going to change by me weightlifting slightly less frequently. I just know that if I wanted to peak for competition, I'd need to be lifting more often. But I know that for me to get stronger, my body no longer responds to, oh, let's just do five by five. Like it doesn't work anymore. No. I need something more. And squat yeah. every day does that because obviously I need to get better at lifting heavier so that I can lift heavier. So then that works. And the way that you can obviously work around it would be, I mean, there's loads of different ways. Like obviously you can do the variations, you can do different forms of loading, you can do the Russian squat program. And what I do appreciate about the Russian squat program is your legs can be a bit tired or a bit leggy but you will still be able to get through the lifts. Like I remember um, one of the guys, uh, he's a really good young lifter from Brunel, Steve. We shared a bar when we went to one of the region of the England camps in, oh, it must have been the end of last year. And he was doing the Russian, he was doing Smolov, the whole of Brunel were, because they were like, right, we don't have any competition, so let's do this yeah. together. And he did the front squat program the day before we lifted. And literally he couldn't recover his split jerks because mm. his quads were so fucked. He literally, he was smashing the weight up there, but it was like that last little effort of trying to bring his legs back together. He just could, didn't have anything in there. And that wasn't because he couldn't do the lift. That's because he was so fatigued. Yeah. Smurloff is no joke. Like if you do Smurloff properly and you follow it from start to finish, that's, that's, I can't even remember how long that program is. Oh mate, it has like, it's like, I think it's like a three to four, it's like a two or three week intro block. Then you have a little deload. Then you have another three or four week block and like a mini deload where you also have like a little test in there to see where you're at. Then you have, it's it's a long program and it's hard. People don't realize it's not like, oh, I'm going to bring my back squat back up. Or I'm yeah. going to put my back squat up to, I want to put kilos on my back squat. No, what it was actually meant for was for people who have been out of the training system for whatever reason, who've been injured, who've not been lifting. They gave them the small off program because it's like, you need to get strong and yeah. back to shape quickly. So just do this. And it wasn't a case of, oh, I'll do small off with a bit of this, or I'll do small off with a bit of that. Like, it's a difficult program. Like, I think even the squat every day one that I did to begin with, which was just 10 singles every day, back squat, front squat, back squat, front squat, and you just alternate it. And it was like at 80%. And then the next week you max out and do two sets of two back offs at 80% of whatever match you hit for the day, no matter how heavy or how light it is. Um, that was to a point where the only thing I could stomach was doing some chin-ups and push-ups, maybe some dumbbell rows, and then some snatch and clean and jerk every other day. So I would snatch one day, I'd just do squats the next day, then I'd clean and jerk the next day. That's all I could manage. And no matter how much I ate, I kept losing weight. And that's when I was younger. This was <clears> the first time I'd just gone super heavy all the time. So my body responded in a big way to it. And I think my squat went from like 165 for one to 160 for 12 and like 190 for one whilst losing weight. So the programs do work. Just remember that you're trying to use the push your strength. So if you're looking to improve your technique and improve your strength and have it all go up in this holistic fashion, this isn't what you should be doing. No, not in the the slightest. It's the same like for me now. It's um, I'm not pushing the lifts right now. Yeah. Um, I've, I've kind of sort of like I've, I've hung that hat up it's just not going to happen <laughs> so hitting what I've been hitting especially now sort of like I, I finished like today's session I, I finished with that 200 I did my back offs with uh, I did five sets of three at 120 with the chains on so like 150 something like that with the chains included when, once you've gone to that sort of maximal effort and you've done the back offs like I know I'm not the fittest person in the world. My condition is getting slightly better, but like you're, you're smashed. So like to then try and load up and then like chase, like today was clean, uh, low hand cleans was, it's like, am I going to try and chase a 110, 115, 120 low hand clean right now? It's not going to happen. So I kept it light, kept it breezy. And that's kind of the thing I've been, I think that's helping me get through this plan right now is the fact being that I'm not following the full program from Travis, because obviously I can't due to the scenario and the situation that I'm in with my home setup, I can't dump a bar. I can't go that heavy. So I think the reason I'm seeing a lot of success out of it is the fact being that I'm being able to push the squat heavy. I'm not killing myself with lifting. I'm doing 90 to 80 to 90% efforts on snatch deadlifts, clean deadlifts, just trying to improve positioning off the floor, but everything has been focused into that squat. Yeah. Everything else afterwards is subsequent. It doesn't really matter if I get it done or not. 
as long as I'm seeing these squats go up, everything else is starting to feel easier and easier and easier. To the point where like, I know it's not a massive clean or anything like that. I Last week, week before, I just went, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to work up to something heavy on a clean. And I tore 120 off the floor and it had never felt that easy. Yeah. So these, it is crossing over and jumping into my lifts and stuff like that. But it's, um, for me personally, if I had to be chasing everything else, I don't think I'd see the success that I'm seeing. Yeah. So it's, it's trying to manage that and then also manage, because obviously I am as old as Odin, um, the, the, the recovery side of things. So I've had a couple of people say to me, like, surely you're not squatting every single day. And I'm like, no, I am pretty much squatting every single day, but it does come a point where like I've had a shit night's sleep. I've not eaten properly or something along the lines has happened. And I've woken up feeling like absolute death on a day like that. I don't follow the plan as strict as it is. I then drop into something that still involves squats, be it single leg work, zerches, body weight squats, bits and pieces that you've thrown at me in the past, a little bit of jumping, but I'm doing even air squats, 10 sets of 10 or 10 sets of 10 cyclist squats, elevated heels. Yeah. That, that day is, is golden because after that, I get up the next morning, boom, whatever, whatever variation I've hit so far, I've PB'd it. Yeah. Or I've hit something that completely like shocks me, like me hitting the 220 the day before. I did that. I took the sort of like the recovery style day and then bang, that 220 was just, it was stupidly easy. Yeah. But I think it's finding that balance and, and understanding. And this is what I come back to from what I said before. I think if you're going to truly follow a squat everyday program, be it from a Bulgarian perspective, be it from a max effort or like this like wave approach that Travis has got me doing where it's, a triple or a five with pauses or chains or bands. If I had them, stuff like that, it's, it's understanding that sort of knowing where you're at within it, if that makes sense. Like you've got, you've, you've, you've got to underst- like understand where your body's at. You've got to understand when you need to take that recovery day, yeah. that recovery session, because it, we're not all as blessed as the Eastern Europeans back in the seventies and eighties where we're on medicine and you can just recover the next day. This isn't how it works for us there is going to be a session where you're just going to smash a wall. Yeah. And going to tap, just go look, sod it. I think I had one about two weeks ago. I, I went to spot on the day, actually, if I remember which one it is. Say again? I think you messaged me when you had that moment. Oh. You had a plan. You even sent me your jumps and your warm-ups, like what you yeah. did. And you just messaged me like literally 10 minutes later saying, mate, I got to like, I got to my second warm-up and then that was it. I just, that was it. I, just I just, I hit the air squats and I went, look, this is not going to happen today. And it's that experience that I think is the biggest key within this program. Knowing these things, knowing how your body reacts to things. Um, and it's a hard thing to learn. But like I said, I think for me personally, the squat everyday format, however you want to build it, I think it's more for your intermediate to advanced lifters. Yeah. I think beginners and other people like that or anyone who wants to try and do a squat everyday program, it can be successful. It can be great. But I think you will, you and me both know at the end of the day, like beginners or lower end intermediate lifters need to learn how to move. They need to learn motor pattern and the repetition method is possibly the best way to do that. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Like stuff like manipulating tempo, even doing stuff like if you wanted to squat every day, even just doing, a form of squat variations every day that you know will help you so even if you're just like if you do like um you know like a tier system like joe ken so one day you've done a back squat next day just do some goblet squats to make sure that you're moving yep. up. Next day, squats. day after that you're going to do belt squat like so on and so forth it doesn't have to be heavy but doing the proper doing the proper max out 100%. But it's also doing that within a range that's safe oh yeah the one thing i look at with me right now is that i, I take it as a gospel when when it's written you are going for a max effort you're going for a max effort. Yeah. That's, that's the difference with that intermediate level and above. You've got the experience there. Whereas if you look at someone who's been in the sport or even powerlifting for a very short amount of time, you tell them to do a max effort. They, they don't understand what a max is. Yeah. They don't understand what a grind is. Bless them. I've got a couple of lifters. I'm not going to embarrass them, but like every time they do a squat and like we're in, we're in club situations, they're like, oh, well, that was, that was a grind. I'm like, you've just moved faster than I ever move. With, with weight that was like 95%, you, you, you don't know what a grind is yet. Yeah. So I think you need to learn these things to then, like I say, exploit a, a program like this. Like, a, a lot of the stuff that he did when he was younger, they were doing reps and reps and reps. It was only till he got to that sort of national level that things started to taper into the single or doubles or triples to maxes and stuff. So you need, you need that foundation as far as I'm concerned. It's yeah. Like, it's massive, massive help. 
it's that thing where like, I think for me, it definitely taught me how to match. Before it was very much, I would either stand up really quickly or I'd get an inch out the hole and be like, okay, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, like, not going to be able to get that today. Um, whereas the squat every day, stuff, especially with variations, especially when I learned the freedom of it to be like, oh, start doing something pins, start doing yeah. pin stuff. Like, is it, it actually taught me, okay, so this is a position you get stuck at, go from here. And that's what yeah. makes it better. And I started to learn that <clears throat> if it makes any sense, like, so for me, squatting anywhere from two to four times a week would be the most sustainable in terms of if I have like two lighter days, then two heavier days, just, just from a form, just, just from a standpoint of recovery. Like I'm built to squat as long as I don't go super heavy or do too much volume in one session, I'll be fine with the frequency. But then doing the seven days a week, sometimes up to multiple sessions, if it's heavy and it's brief, there's not too many drop downs, works the best, but you've got to remember that's the highest price to pay in terms of like squatting two to three times a week is popular because it's sustainable. It's not too rough on you. Doing the squat every day is very popular in terms of the ideology of it because it seems really hard. It seems really cool, but you're not going to be able to do it for long unless you're built for it. I think I managed to do a squat every day ish program with the Olympic lifts. So like a Bulgarian ish system for about six months. And that was the best progress I had in terms of my Olympic lifts and then actually my squatting as well. But then three months for the three to six months after I plateaued because I didn't know what you were supposed to do afterwards. So yeah, all yeah. this knowledge you have now about, oh, flat loading, you go back to more of a Russian system, you go back to more GPP and do something else. That wasn't there. So I just thought, oh, well, I'll keep hammering this and eventually it will just come right again. And then mm -hmm. I started to be like, oh, maybe I won't squat today. Maybe I'll do this instead. And then I slowly started to go back into a normal program. Well, that would be the biggest thing for me is like a squat every day program is not for a beginner. It's not for someone who's still learning to lift who realistically probably is going to be able to get very strong off of just squatting th two to three times a week. And then it's also not for someone who, you know, I, I, don't th I don't think it's for people who, what's the best way to be? I don't think it's for anyone who, who can still gain off of sub-maximal, you know, less frequent efforts. Or this is a program for someone who, one, you want to see how far you can push it, you want the mental test, but also you've never tested yourself with really heavy grinding sets and you don't know how to actually push it because it makes your body more resilient to it at the end of the day. If you're grinding some of your efforts you're learning how to get heavier you won't shit the bed when you get under a heavy weight like if you can stand up a heavy front squat on a day when you've like you know let's say it's like the it's the seventh session of the week and you stand up 90 percent, even though you're tired you won't be nervous about standing up yeah you need to meet when you when you're fatigued because you've done it a thousand times yeah you've got it in the bank at the end of the day you've got that extra the extra knowledge and knowing what it feels like it's like uh sunday i did uh 130 with 30 chains and standing up that once that one six in the weight was horrid absolutely <laughs> horrid but i i know now that i clean 140 150 this thing's just gonna shoot up it's one of these things it's like it does give you a lot a lot of confidence a lot of confidence from my perspective just trying to push those heavy singles or triples doubles fives things like that so the, the other things i like about what travis has done as well is the variant different squats he's giving you like for me, you know my history, my back issues where I broke my back playing rugby. So like for me to do anything without a belt on, that's a clusterfuck of shit going on in my between my ears. Like my brain's going, this is not a fucking wise move. I think I back squatted 190 without a belt. And I was just like, where the hell's that come from? So it's like changing those parameters. That's what I like about Travis's one. I mean, to give you sort of a side-by-side -side comparison of like what Mem got me doing and what Trav's got me doing is like Memeds was just like I, I loved it because you know that I'm weird and I, I like to beat myself up at every given opportunity but pushing like say for a, a heavy single like for the front squat in the morning and then a heavy single for the back squat in the evening with the back offs it's just it's mentally draining like you you've done your session you do the squats afterwards so you're smashed after going to like a max double or a max triple on both lifts in that session then the pulls then those big squats but it teaches you to drive and get really tight and strong with it <laughs> The good thing with Travis's program is it's 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 different every day. Not to coin it like um to be sort of like to, to to compare it too much, but it reminded me a little bit when I did CrossFit. It's like every time I went in to do anything, it was never the same thing. The beauty of this program is I'm I'm going in every day and it's a different variation of the squat. So for example, like I can hit the 220 one day, but I know if I've got a squat the next day, but it's only like oh, you're doing a, a, a max triple front squat with a pause on the first rep. I'm like, well, I've done 220 today. I'm not going to get much over like 140, 150 on a good day. So that variant in loading is, is, is massively, massively helpful. Yeah. It, it also helps you come back in the next session and go, I can do this. Yeah, it's like, what's it called? Self-limiting. I remember, um, obviously, uh, I think Zach was talking about it on 
one of his posts on, like, let's say, someone like Lasher, where it's kind of like, well, you know, you need to experience heavy weight quite often to be able to lift the weights that you do. But if you have it through variations that you vary the loading that way, so you include pauses and tempos, you learn to attribute not get attached to the exercises so much. So if you came in and back squatted, like you said, 221 day, then tomorrow it's like, okay, just do 70% for three triples, but it feels heavy. In your sensible mind's going, oh, that should feel heavy because it's 70%, but it's half the day I've just basically PR'd. But then mm-hmm. you're obviously, your monkey brain's going to be going, no, that shouldn't feel heavy. That's really difficult. You're stronger than this, but now you've gotten weaker. Like that's what's going to play on your mind. But if you do a front squat, that's let's say three seconds down, three seconds hold, stand up, and you've got to work up to a max triple, that's going to be difficult anyway. So then you're not going to be as attached to what, Numbers. Yeah, you're not going to be as attached to what number you get, which I think is really important. But the whole yeah, variation thing from what Glenn Penley said in that book makes sense as well. Um, you know, with Western lifters, especially in America and the UK, you can't really make things boring and just say slog through it because a lot of people just won't respond yeah. to it. But making things varied and fun so it always feels like you're doing this new cool thing, that's yeah. how you keep people interested. And people will attack a program so much harder if they're interested. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like for me, the variant between the last two squat days was just like, I woke up today. I was like, now nah, I'm going to take, going to take a recovery day. And I went, right, no, you're fine. Let's do it. Got moving. I was fine. And yesterday was a max triple with a five second pause. And I did 200 and I, <laughs> I just literally shit my pants. I got <laughs> to the bottom of that thing. Like I just feel myself going forward. I was like, oh shit, right. This is three seconds. I'm standing this up. I'm not risking this without, without a spotter with me. Dumped it today. I'm like, smashed it. Yeah that variance between the two days and like, I think tomorrow is supposed to be uh, a front squat. So it's, it, it's, it's good. Like it, compared to the two different programs, I, I made leaps and bounds with men's, but on this one, again, I'm making leaps and bounds with it. So it's, it's very different. It's very odd how the two different variations are still getting the same result out of me. Yeah. The thing is because like they're similar enough in terms of you're looking at the same thing. It's, it's the heaviest stimulus you could have for a given, you can have for a given day, but then both one, is very much looking at being sustainable because you're working on the same movement pattern and always trying to make it more efficient and better and getting your body to create that cast around your body to be able to do those movements safer because obviously you're doing it every day. So it's going to learn to protect itself within that pattern. And then the other one is, no, we're going to make it so that your body always adapts to something different and never overuses anything because even though it's a squat, the squats were slightly different. Like you're going to sit into a tempo eccentric pause squat differently to the way that you do a squat where you can just dive bomb and try and bounce out. If you, like today I think I just did wide start squats with a pause and a tempo on the way down. I'm going to sit into that differently if I can't sit all the way into the hole on my quads than I am going to if I'm doing a back squat, which I will just dive bomb and try and bounce off my heels on. And I think that the variation for me is what made the biggest difference because I'll get bored if it's not varied, but also just because it will develop, even though it's only singles with a few back offs, it will develop different muscle groups and help you with your technical imbalances which a technical imbalance is muscular at the end of the day so if you're one day doing back squats next day doing wide stance pause squats then let's say the next day doing wide stance um one of my favorites was wide stance with chains and um, no handed front squats but that was honestly one of that was literally one of the best things i ever did for my squat that got me to i think when i went from 221 to 232 that's what did it like i was doing a cycle of that alongside normal back squats and pause squats it sounds disgusting but it was literally just because it taught me how to use my hips and my quads at the same time because obviously if you're doing that frankenstein squat without your hands on you can't tip over because the bar will go but at the same time you can't drive your knees too far forwards because you can't because your stance is too wide so you have to learn to sit into your hips and that literally made it automatic like oh that's so when someone says load your hips up and sit into your hip like you know load your hip that's what they mean in the way that it would be for an Olympic weightlifter or for someone who's not built to kind of do the low bar hip hinge motion. And for me, that was kind of like that variation taught me something, but then it's also made me stronger at what I was shit at. So then when you go back to your normal squat, what happens? It, it just flies up. Yeah, exactly. So that, that, that variation's the massive, massive key for it as well. So, and then just under, understanding that the, not to go too batshit crazy with the variations. Yeah. Make sure you're getting it something that's going to cross over. You, you yeah. can see a logical pattern behind it because you can end up you can end up going down a rabbit hole if you know what I mean with, with some of these. So, but yeah, like I said, it's it's so far, it's actually been really good just for my mental health as well. It's provided me with a focus every day. Currently going through this shit show with everything else that's going on as well right now. It's just like I know for the next 35, 45 minutes, I just got to concentrate and smash this out. And then because of that, like I say, it's just everything's just gone up leaps and bounds, which is which has been awesome from my perspective. Yeah. And I think it's it's nice at being quite simple as well, because it's kind of like you literally got the squat variation to do. You're probably going to be warm because you're squatting every day, so you don't have to warm up that much. So it's literally Wait, a- that's that's another weird thing with it. Is like my like you noticed it a couple of weeks ago when we were chatting. Is that 
I'm getting old, which is which which we're all we're more than aware of. My mobility is getting a little bit better in areas, and I, yeah. I used I, what I used to take you like because you you jumped and beat the crap out of me once when I was doing it. I used to take forever to warm up. Yeah, like I would lie on the floor, frog stretch, this, that, the other things like that. I'm warming up in five ten minutes now, and it's it's getting sort of my head around the fact being that like my I'm getting a little bit better with mobility, a little bit better flexibility, things like that. It's actually improving a lot of things. So like my warm-up now takes literally less than 10 minutes. A bit of banded walking, the squat, uh five-minute squat thing that we do, and that's about it, and I'm ready to go. So it's it's one of these things like I find that my general body as well is just lots of things have slowly started to improve because of it. So I think it's it's a one thing that I may have to keep doing. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's like it's because I think obviously you're squatting to warm up. You're doing all the stuff to specific warm up for that pattern. Then you're then doing the squat better, which is probably also improving your mobility. And then because you're mobilising every day, it's almost like you're just topping up that little bit. Whereas yeah. if you're only squatting, like I know I felt the same way. Like sometimes a like a snap, like a back squat or front squat will feel really bad but then I'll go and snatch and clean and jerk and it feels fine. Like it's almost like the two positions are related, but they're not exactly the same. But yeah. when I did the squat every day stuff, it was a case of if I really just wanted to jump in on the bar and just do a few sets of the bar, then go up, I could, and I could be warm in two or three minutes. But now it's a case of you have to warm up a little bit more for the squat specifically. And I think that is because obviously your body's always going to kind of like remember what it's done last. And if the thing you've done last and that you're doing heaviest every day is squats, your body's going to be like, oh, well, we're going to kind of keep everything open because that's what we're doing all the time. Whereas if it's only once or twice a week, you will have yeah. to work more. Yeah, it's made it's made a big difference. And like I say, just little niggles and other bits and pieces have all slowly started to sort of like ease off and break away from me now. So it's like <clears throat> even when I go into the lifts after doing the squats now, like I'm firing up to whatever weight I need to a lot, lot quicker. Again, like I remember you calling me out back in the day when I think we were block snatching at the gym. You're like, how many jumps are you going to take? Just put 80 on the bar, then put 100 on the bar and stop being a tart. So it's the same sort of thing now. It's like I'm just I'm ready firing straight away. So even just getting that heavy squat in before I go into anything else is a great opener for everything else. So Yeah. No, I do I do remember that a little bit. And I think that was from um I can't remember who I can't remember why I started taking bigger jumps, but I think it was a case of I can't remember what lift it was, I can't remember who I was learning from. I think it was after watching like Sarab Maradi when I think he's like warming up for cleaning jerks. He goes from like seventy to I think it's like one ninety for his warm ups, but he does it in five jumps. Yeah. Someone else said, well, like, at that stage already, like, you need to know like, what you're going to be able to lift. You can't be going, oh, like 70, 80, 90, 110, 105, 110, 115, 120. It's like you're burning energy. And also, like, you know what you can lift, warm up with the bar and then take as few jumps as you can to get to your top set. That's going to be, that's going to pay off in the long run. And then if you wanted to get volume in, the way I used to get volume in when I was doing the squat every day, but Olympic lifting as well, when I just take really small jumps up. So I'd go... 85, 90, 95, 100, 105, 102, 107, 110, 112, 115, 117, 120, then I'd be done. Whereas if I wanted to have an easier day, I would literally just take the jumps towards 120 in the the biggest chunks I could. And that made a massive difference as well. And I feel like with the squats, you could do the same thing. Oh yeah, like the the, the weird thing is since I started this, it's like the little things like I've always squatted more than nine times out of 10 out of a rig that's bolted to something. So now I've got stand freestanding squat stands that fucked around with me for a few sessions. So little things have got easier and easier and easier. So like I've got better now at taking more logical jumps up to that top set. So like today was the chains on the bar, a couple of singles out at 70 just to get my movement going and get comfortable with the chains and stuff. Then it was 70, 120, 70, 20, 40, no, 70, 20, 60, 80, 200. So it's like, I just, I take these big jumps and I'm like, I'm there. It's like, it's not that hard. The same thing when I did the 220, it was, I think it was 70, 120, 160, 180, 200, 10, 20. So it's like these, these bigger jumps are, are massively helpful. Again, if you've got the understanding of what you're doing. But the other one for me for sort of like jumps in general was Mehmed sat me down and just went, you're being an idiot with your lifts. He's like, I remember doing a training session with me and I was sort of like, I hit the bar and then I put like 40 on. Like, you know how much I hate your cleans. I'd put 40 on, try and get my front rack going, this, that, and the other. Next thing you know, it's like a 70 would go on. And then it would be almost like, this is like three years, four years ago, it'd be like 70, 80, 90. And I got to 100 and then would go, have you got some sort of problem? <laughs> like, yeah. take bigger jumps. And it, it took me a little while to get used to it in a few years. And then all of a sudden it just clicked. 
and I just started to take those bigger jumps, bigger jumps. And now it's the same thing, like from a, a run up for me for like a heavy single session for cleaning jerk will be empty bar 70, 100, 110, or even 100 to 120. But I know I can do that now. So it's one of yeah. these things I've got over a bit of a mental battle with that. But I think it's the same with squats as well. It's, it's Sometimes it just takes you to look at like a percentage chart and you go, right, you're, this is like 40%. What you want? Stop worrying about it. Go higher. <laughs> Start at 60, 70, 80. Like, these, these are weights that you're not going to struggle with at like 60% warming up with that. Yeah, Bart, 70%, and then just go from there. Logical jumps to where you're planning to go. Yeah, and it's like case of if you can see how it feels when it's at that like 40, 50% mark, like, and it does feel heavy when you've jumped up to it, then you know what the weight's going to feel up like for the day. But if you're constantly like dicking around getting up to that weight, yeah. you're never really going to know what it's supposed to feel like. But I remember, um, you know, uh, not Tarokti, the, um, the guy who still competes for Ukraine, he interviewed him. Was it Chumak? Dimitro. Or Dimitri. Dimitri Chumak, yeah, is it the British, wasn't he? Yeah, so there's a video of him and he does a lot of weird stuff, but he was like adamant. He was like, oh, if I, if I hit 70 kilos, well, if I hit 50 or 70 on a snatch and cleaning jerk when I'm warming up, I'll be able to tell you immediately whether I'm going to be going heavy or light for that day because I know how it feels. And I feel like that's how it should be. Your first jump towards that, between obviously 70 is like really light for him on a snatch, but between that like 40 and 50% mark, you should be able to hit that and have a fairly good idea of what's going to be happening today and what you should be expecting. And it's not always going to be like that. Sometimes you're obviously going to still have a go and you'll shock yourself. But once you start to get better, mm. you're going to know the signs of like what's going to be good. So if like you've had a good night's sleep, training's been going well anyway, you've been taking care of your warm-ups, and then you go in and 70 kilos on a snatch is really light, on your max is 100, then you're going to be like, oh yeah, I feel like I could probably do some heavy singles today. But if you've had a bad night's sleep, your hips been bothering you, you've not been warming up as you should, you didn't eat that well this week, and then you take 50 and it feels crap, then you can probably be pretty sure that more warm-ups might not make it better. You need to maybe adjust the load a bit. And that goes for, for me, the I think it's well. For me, like for snatch and clean, it's that, that 80... Normally, it takes me to get to 80%. When I'm lifting something, and I, obviously, I mean, it's a completely different subject. I, I use a lot of uh, bar velocity stuff, which you've seen me do fast. And I, I know that if I'm snatching 100 and it's peaking around on the app that I've got, which is not the best one, but you can get the on-bar ones, which is so much better. But I, I use that as a sort of guidance point. So if I hit 100 and I look at it, I quickly put it through, and it's at like anything above 1.8, 1.9. Yeah. I'm golden. I know that the, the velocity drop-off I'm going to have between 1, 110, 115, 120, it's only going to be a small amount. It's going to allow for you to hit those weights as well. Yeah, I know anything yeah. usually over on that app, if I'm over 1.7, I'm snatching it. Yeah. I know that I have, you, you, you call me out on my pandas, but like I know that me doing those other bits and pieces helps me get the bar up to a certain speed that I know that I have the time to get underneath it. And I think people don't realise the pandas as well. It's like if you watch the Chinese do them when, and obviously they do them perfectly, it's a case of they finish the pull and as soon as they get to the point where they're like, their chest is up and they've extended their quads, they're pulling down. That's why it literally looks like they're about to headbutt the floor. Whereas when we would do panda pulls, because we've been taught to high pull, you're kind of still pulling the bar up a little bit as you drop your feet out to the side. So you're not truly slamming yourself into the floor. So I think that is where pan the pulls when you're tracking velocity it's kind of hard to always be like oh well i can pan the pull 140 to my chest to this to this height and this speed so that means i'll be able to snatch it's like oh well no because your length of pull will actually be a bit more in a pan the pull than it is a normal one and i've noticed with snatches like i will obviously try and pull with my shoulders and my back more when mm. i'm pan the pulling so i don't get it anywhere near as high whereas when i snatch i basically take my arms and back out of it i just literally throw my legs and hips into it so yeah. i don't really use my actual upper body that much when i snatch so going into a panda pull and expecting like, oh, well, when I pulled 130, it feels so fucking heavy. How did I ever snatch that? I was like, well, yeah, it's because you don't do the same thing. But the reason you're doing panda pulls is to practice what you're bad at. Whereas yeah. for you, it's more, I know that you use it so that it's like, well, I need to be able to feel 150 so I can clean it, but I don't want to have to rack it because it's going to hurt my wrists maybe. So I'll do the panda pulls instead. Yeah, for me, for me it's, a, it's a big, like, I know if I, like, my current objective is to get 130 moving about 1.6 to 1.7 meters per second. So if I can get 130 to like that, I know that 25 is in the books. Yeah. It's, for me, it's a really weird, like it's probably not the most scientific way to do it, but for me, it's sort of like, it gives me the logic behind me eventually throwing myself underneath that kind of weight. Yeah, it's, it's giving you a bit of an arbitrary number to work with, but also if you've seen that that relationship kind of does work, then it gives you something to work off of that you can polish up later. And I know that with like lifting ratios, for example, like, oh, you should clean this much for your front or back squat. I know that those numbers are very rough. Like, it's kind of like, you want to be around this as in like Nathan Damron and like Toshiki Yamamoto from Japan. Like they both squat 
like probably 50 to 100 kilos more than what you would think they need to clean what they do. Oh, yeah. That relationship between their squat and their clean is always going to stay the same. So you know that if you want to push their clean up, their squat probably needs to stay or increase a little bit. So I know that that's probably the same. Like you're, you might find that because obviously, I think you were saying, like, like obviously you feel like you need to get more velocity and more height on the bar because you don't sit as low. You might need more bar velocity than actually I do. Like I might look faster under a bar, but I literally, I don't like, I think I've measured this on a snatch before. I barely need to pull the bar to my belly button for a snatch to actually be able to get under it. And then for a clean, like I can literally tap it onto my thighs and mid thigh is high enough for me to yeah. technically drop under it. So your, your, your speed under like your, your, your natural speed is ridiculous for lifting. Yeah. It's one of your biggest attributes. It's like almost coming back to the squatting thing for you. If you look at like our variant styles and squatting, like you've, <laughs> you, you make me giggle sometimes when you're like, I'm trying to do speed work, but it doesn't quite look like speed work. Yeah. But for you, it's like, I remember talking to Mike back in the lower days to a certain extent and saying to him, it's like, Chris is stupidly fast doesn't know how to grind a squat out. Yeah, and that's the you, you, you utilize a lot of the bar whip and other bits and pieces, which is fine. It makes logical sense, especially on a front squat and things like that, catching the bar out of the clean. You utilize a lot of that. Whereas I'm more just raw, <laughs> like I'm just going to sit down and stand up. There's no logical grind. Like, it's like a hydraulic piston. Like, the longer it gets to build the pressure up for, it's like the more energy it collects to punch out. Whereas for me, I think... I think the bar with what actually That's a perfect this description of how I it's, squat. It's like control down and then go. Whereas for mine, it's kind of like it is literally more like someone dropping a like not dropping but throwing a basketball from like outside of a outside of like a four story window. Like the harder you throw it, the better chance and the faster it drops, the better a chance you've got of it coming back up to you. Whereas the yeah. slower I drop, well, I've measured it. The slower I drop, like every second you add to that squat, like it's going to make it more painful. Like if you, add, I reckon, if I could do an AMRAP of let's say, what I reckon at the moment, I could probably do one eighty for about ten. And I think if you added a second to the eccentric, that would take a rep off. If you added two, that would take another rep off and so on and so forth. But I think one of the things that actually helped me, which will help people with the squat everyday thing, if you're really good at using the bar whip, using chains or bands and doing pause variations actually helps a lot because it takes the bar whip out of it. And the bar and the chains are obviously pulling you down towards the earth. So it kind of makes you have to learn to grind, even though the weights may not move that slowly because you're pushing against accommodating resistance. Yeah. Um, Obviously, getting like back to the topic a little bit to kind of like wrap up. Like, what um, if you were going to do squat every day? Who do you think it's actually for? So, obviously, we've discussed like some of the things that you need to look out for. But if you were to have like the perfect person to try it, who who really should give it a go? Who do you think it would be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, again, for me, like to get the most out of the program, it'd have to be someone at an intermediate level that's possibly hitting a lot of plateaus. Um, that's needs to be pushed a lot harder i think as well when you've got people that are incredibly efficient it's like we all know i think you've we've brought this up on other bits and pieces you've got someone who's got like their clean to squat ratio so their clean to front squat ratio is very very small like you've got some people that are, are like cleaning within 90 percent of their actual front squat i think yeah something like this can just help give them a kick in the ass and get them to sort of like push through that and get through that next stage without dumping and costing other, other parts of the, of your training cycle. So like I say, again, an intermediate, intermediate lifter and someone who needs to be pushed a little bit harder and given a bit more variance to what they're going through. That makes sense. I just think it's, um, for me, the reason I done it is because of the, the, the lockdown. It was like, for me, it was a challenge for me and it could keep me pushing forward. And eventually I know that <clears throat> I know in the past that when the front squat's gone up, the clean's gone up, the back squat's gone up, my snatch has gone up. So I, I know that this is going to pay off in the long run. And this is just a fun, good way for me to do it. But yeah, for me, it's like the, the, a good, a good intermediate level lifter that needs to be pushed. Um, from an elite perspective, I think that's a different kettle of fish. I think when you've got when you're dealing with someone say like yourself, there's a lot more stuff to take into board with it. If, if you know what I mean, like you're you're fighting a very different battle than me. At a, I would say I'm, I'm a, a, a very good masters level lifter, but it's a different game. So there's a lot there's a lot more things that you're having to take on board. It's like you even you look at from a um, CNS recovery the 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 weights that you're lifting, the, the weights that you have to squat to actually lift the weights that you're lifting is like you're having to deal with stuff at a lot, lot higher, higher ratio. So yeah. I think with what, where I'm at and like an intermediate level lifter, perfect, perfect plan. Um, as long as you're 
as long as you're truthful with it and you understand the program and you, and you understand where you're, what, what is a max effort and what is a max out, you'll be fine. Yeah. That, that, that's the big difference as well. Yeah, that is the key. I think it's, it's knowing like what you're good at as well. Like I know that, um, um, I don't know if you remember him, he used to do loads of stuff on basically translating stuff from the Chinese system and showing what it actually meant. A guy Kirksman, uh, Teo Kirksman or Kirksman Teo, I can't remember which way around it was, but he showed like, you know, if you actually wanted to periodize this high frequency squatting program, he was like, you need to take a lot of the pulling out, a lot of the other leg accessory stuff out. You need to go lower impact in some areas, but go from doing like, let's say higher rep maxes on different exercises one week and then slowly drop it down the same, same as you would periodize any other plan. And I think, for me, it's definitely trying to make squat every day suit you. So like, if you're someone who suits a lot of variation in your training, try to make the training varied. So making it like one day is poor squats, one day is front squats, ones that one day can even be back squat waves. One day, if you're mobile enough to do it, front squat with flat shoes on, one day front yeah. squat, literally everything, like front squat, knee sleeves, belt, shoes, with, yeah. the, with the music. Then one day, try to literally just go to, a, let's say, um, let's say like a two, like something like I've like one thing that I used to find horrible was like I'm a two pause front squat. So let you pause halfway down at the point you would tip in, then go all the way down and pause and then stand up and like stuff like that. Like you can vary it and you can vary the intensities or you could do 100%. like what I did, which was obviously just back squat, front squat. You just alternate those two each day. If you want to vary the, how you do each of them, you do, but that's your basic variation. Back squat, front squat, back squat, front squat. You just alternate like that. If you want to add in a pause, you want to add in band, you want to add in change, you want to add in a pins or you want to add in a block start you can but you always alternate it that way and i think for me yeah like it is about do you want i think the main thing for me would be do you have anything that's really going to stop you from doing this properly so like injuries you need to look at or yeah, time yeah. constraints kit constraints getting being able to get to the you know the stuff that you want and also are you able to sleep probably at least about seven to eight hours a night if you're not and you're not gifted with cns recovery like you don't thrive off of heavy stuff i probably wouldn't even bother trying it like as yeah. in, i wouldn't even bother just doing the version where you do a squat every day and then you don't do anything else. I wouldn't even bother with that because you'll find it too difficult. If you're mm -hmm. sleeping fairly well, you recover fairly well from heavy work anyway, then you can start looking at squat every day and then maybe even start adding stuff slowly back in on top of it because then you'll actually learn how much work you can handle and then you can make your own training program from that. That's, what exactly. anyway. right. that's, that's the one thing that I can, I can say that one thing that like for me, I don't know if it's so much the same for you because I know you are an absolute night owl um, and I don't think you ever sleep. Um, the, the ability to have from lockdown has been one that one of the bonuses that come from is the fact being that I've not had to drag myself to a gym at six, seven o'clock in the morning for a client. I've been actually able to get to bed at like a reasonable hour and then sleep for a solid, I think I've, I've got this tracker on my iWatch and it's like, it's telling me I'm sleeping the best part of six to eight hours every, every single night. That in itself has made an absolute huge difference as well. Just in my general recovery at 38, I'm like, Oh, this is what it feels like to actually get like a full night's sleep and wake up the next day and feel great. So that's, that's a massive, massive thing. I think you, you've nailed that with the sleep and the recovery. If you can do that, I'm, I'm fortunate now. Four or five weeks time, this may suddenly just flip on its head. Yeah. Whilst I can take, take advantage of what I call the gains chamber, I'm going to yeah. take advantage of it. So. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it is about that. It's working. Um, oh, what was going to say? Um, yeah, I think those would be like my general tips for just making sure you've, you can obviously recover enough, but also just checking on when you need to stop it. Because that's the thing that I obviously did the first time around. I didn't know when to stop doing squat every day. I think the, the first time actually, to be fair, it was a six week program. I got to the end and because it was the same variations every day and the program very much said, don't do anything else. I was so fucking bored. I just wanted it to be finished. Like I wasn't even finding it difficult at this point. I was literally like, like, can I, I think one day I came in and was like, if I just put my shoes on and I just do a few squat jumps, can I just go in and do the 90% 10 singles straight off the bat? And I did that like two, three days in a row. Mm. And one day I just tried to be like, can I do all 10 reps in one set? I think I managed to do like almost that. I think I got like nine, but I got pissed off with it because I, I missed one rep. And then, so it's obviously look at when you're mentally, when you're physically ready to finish, like the minimum weights you're hitting, track them. So if you're front squatting and back squatting often, see what the lowest weight you hit the week is and what the highest is that you hit on all your variations and you should start hopefully see like if you have the two lines of the graph everything's going to be squiggly like this but the lowest weight and the highest weight of which should obviously kind of go yeah. in daily minimums, daily minimums daily maximum yeah so, I, think, I personally think when the daily minimum catches up to the daily maximum so like instead of let's say like i described when i did my first squat every day program and like one day i hit 200 for 10 in a belt the next day i tried to come in and hit a pause squat and i could barely get 160 out like that's like i still had a long way where i was like nah i can get a lot more out of this but when it was like 
what a bad day was like 210 or 215 and a mm. good day was 217 or 220 that's like okay this is time to stop because like my maximum and minimum are getting so close together that there's not really much improvement to go like my body's getting very good at the singles i've accommodated to it but also none of it's going up so my minimum weight my minimum condition isn't going up my maximum condition isn't going up and from there just try and maybe slowly start taking the volume in. So don't go back to squatting once a week because you'll be really upset with how bad you get at squatting. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like try going back to three days of squatting a week or four and just alternate back front, back front and try doing, and I hate saying it because everyone always gives people flat foot, but more of like a West side style mix where you have two lighter squat days where you're focusing on a bit more volume, more reps, more kind of just making sure you're moving weight fast. It doesn't have to be as light as they do. It doesn't have to be bands or chains. Then have two days where you're going heavier. And then by doing that, you should find that the four days is enough that you can recover from. And then maybe if you find four days is a little bit too much, you can drop down to three or two. But mm. that's the main thing. Slowly come off of it. Don't go cold turkey and literally just go to not squatting at all because mm. your body will stiffen up because you're not doing something you've been doing yeah. every day. And also you'll detrain really quickly. You need to ease yourself back in to kind of being training in a more sensible manner. Like yeah. That's the main thing that I would say. I think, that I, that I think I this program is 12 weeks long off the top of my head. And I'm, I think I'm that's how long you need. Like I think what's like, the- I mean week six now I think it is. So the like the logic is the fact being that I would run this to the back end of that and then well hopefully by then we're all back in gyms anyway. But we, you yeah, know, I think like, what's the what's the whole thing like when you look at like Russian flat loading and all that different stuff, like most of their programs before you start to increase load and test is like five to six weeks because that's how long it's supposed to take you realistically to be able to adapt to something and be able to meaningfully show it because the fatigue goes away. So twelve weeks is two blocks of six. So then you should actually want yeah, a meaningful thing to show from it before yeah, you which is, why, which is basically what the Russian squat program I was doing actually worked beautifully. You spend that first six weeks accumulating stuff like that. And then the, the next six weeks is basically just about trying to peak up. But yeah, I think I'll, I'll run this to the, the, the full extent of the 12 weeks. Hopefully by then I'll be in a gym and I'll actually be able to do like a, a proper test without worrying about destroying my patio um, or, or killing myself. So but I mean, the, the one good thing with this as well, it's actually like, and I'll, I'll have a go at myself, but from a positive perspective, I've really learned that I've been a bit of a bitch. How so? That's quite interesting to say that. <laughs> like, you've called me out on this in the past and other bits and pieces and Mike has and like Mehmed was like, when I, I sent him the video of the 220, he's like, you've been able to do this. You've just not been, you've just not had the bollocks to put it on the bar. It's like one of these things, being, being in the situation I am now, I've, I've been forced to actually push for these weights. And then it's like the mental battle of like, I don't know, like how, to open it up to you, but when you did your first 200 kilo squat, that was like, regardless of body weight and stuff like that, that's 200 kilos. That's, that's weight that will fuck you up if you're not clever. Like I remember my first time trying it, I was like, oh fuck, this is like, I was nervous of it. Now I've learned that it ain't shit. And every single time now, because I don't have a spotter, because I have no sort of fail saves and things like that, I'm having to attack stuff very differently than I've had to in the past. It's like right now, not to sound too corny, failure is not an option. Failure is me having to pay my landlord a lot of money to repair a patio. Yeah. So it's like quite good motivation to sit right. Like yesterday when I, I, I lost my bollocks on the 200 because the heat and other bits and pieces is like, I have to stand this up. Yeah. Regardless, like dumping this is not an option. Whereas before in the past in the gym, I would be a bitch. I would do the... The usual thing, like I say, the last year and a half, two years, I've got better at it, and I haven't dumped the bar as much. But like, you know, when you get the, the, the <laughs> if you've got the spot or not, that you, you just drop in. You're not giving any fucking go. You kind of pop up when you feel like you're t- you get a little bit on your toes. So you go, oh fuck this, I'm dropping. <laughs> or the, the stereotypical Clark. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to snatch this. Oh fucking yeah, like. Yeah, I, I remember it being at like uni doing this the first squat everyday program I ever did, and um, it literally said. You can on the max out days. It says so you can go as heavy as you want to. You can max out. You go for PB every day. But here's the thing: you're not allowed to miss. You're allowed one set of spotters. So it's like if you made that set where it's like okay, you're not allowed to miss, but you're only allowed to call for spotters once, and that was like the rule. And then it, then I think it even said as far as like I said, if you really want to be strict on it, if you miss a weight, you have to take the percentage of that weight you've missed, and you have to do double the amount of drop downs. So yeah. like, there was an emphasis of be smart with the weights you pick. For some people, that's being like okay, I'm going to be more conservative because I'm not going to be a dick and fuck myself over every time. For some, for some people, it's like, well, I'm not going to miss this. I'm only allowed squatters once. I'm not going to be flat when I'm warming up on some like normal weight. So if I'm not going to miss 90%, I'm going to push through it. And I think that it does help with that. And I think I've, I've heard from a lot of people like um, 
and the best description I've heard of it is like it almost creates like a cast around your body. So because you get stiff from squatting, but you squat often, it's almost like your body stiffens up into this weird like body armor that is made for squatting. So even when you feel stiff and you feel like your hip hurts a little bit or your knees hurt or like your back's a little bit sore, for some reason your body just still understands how to make yourself sit up and sit sit down and stand up. Yeah, which is 100%. really it teaches you like okay, are you are you aching? Are you tired? Are you a little bit hurt? Are you a little bit sore or are you actually injured? And then yeah. it teaches you the line between those. And unfortunately for sport, you do need to learn to toe that line. Because unfortunately, when you get to the really heavy stuff, like you're not meant to be lifting it. Your body wasn't designed for it. So yeah. you know it can do it. Like it's not going to feel pleasant some of the time. Like that's how you get used to it. So you inundate yourself to the feeling. So you actually know, oh, actually I'm not hurt. This isn't even a problem. I can do this. It's the age old thing for us, especially where we've played in the front row. Is are you hurt or are you injured? Yeah, that, that mentality of knowing that you're just hurting. This is the normal part of the game. This is the normal part of squatting. Your knees are going to hurt. Your back's going to hurt. Are you injured? No, you're fine. You will get through this. And it's that mental battle I've had every day with this of just being dragging myself out, doing my warm ups, working up to this weight, hitting it, passing milestones on the way that were like big things in the past. And like I said, the 200, like I'm not wary of a 200 kilo squat anymore. Yeah. I did it yesterday. I did it today with chains on to 230. I know if I wanted to do a back squat again tomorrow, I'm pretty damn sure that I can hit two, 210. So it's, it's, for me, it's like I said, it, I will freely admit like beforehand, I was a bit of a bitch when it came to squats to a certain extent with certain things. Now I just attack it and I'm fine. So yeah. I've, I've, I've realized that I've, um, I've got a lot more confidence within my body, within my positioning, within my core strength. Like, the one, the one thing, like, it's a, I think we've probably all watched it to a certain extent as well, is the, the John Bros little mini doc on the squat every day thing. Oh, the one, um, it was him and Corey Gregory on bodybuilding.com. Yeah. yeah. I think if anyone listening to this right now, if you, if you want a, a motivational video, his little line in there, like, if it was, it's something along the lines of, like, if, you, if your family members are locked in a way, which may, locked away, which may think very much like an Eastern European Chinese level weightlifting type scenario, if you were told you had to put 100 pounds on your back squat, you're going to squat everything. Yeah, it was, um, it was the, they, he says it, I think it's like, it was a cool excerpt from the Barber Shrug podcast, which they then got him to repeat on the bodybuilding.com. It was literally like, oh, if you, um, what was the first analogy? Oh yeah, if you were on like a desert island, there was unlimited food and like, um, you know, you would get, you were basically told, you're going to be on this desert island for a while. We want you to push your back to as high as possible. You have unlimited resources, whatever food you want, whatever yeah. stuff that you want us to help you with. Um, as much recovery modalities as you want. How often would you squat? And he said, most people are like, oh, like two or three times a week. And said, okay, so what if, you were locked in a jail cell. All you have is a squat rack and race. And someone said, you need to put 100 kilos on your back squat. Otherwise, like your family, your pet dog, all going to die. They were like, oh, well, squat every day, like no matter what. It's like, well, yeah. So why is it in a perfect situation you would choose to, you wouldn't choose to do that. But then when you're pushed to it and you're stressed, you'll be like, no, I'll do it as often as possible. It's like, yeah, that does kind of hold true. It's like, if you want to push it up that badly, then yeah. doing it every day is probably a good option. And to be fair, for most people who are listening to this, if you like, if you actually want to push your squat up, quite quickly you want to see what you're made of and you want to build a bit of toughness and resilience for lifting and maybe for sport as well like you're in an off season from weightlifting or whatever and this would probably be a really good option mm. to be honest especially if you're a power lifter actually who doesn't squat very well yeah i would i would, I would actually be really i would actually really like push that towards you doing a higher frequency squat program where you're squatting more often will give you the chance to not be afraid of squatting and not not look forward to squatting if that makes any sense like and you'll look forward to it and you'll find it to not be this horrible thing because you've done it every day for 12 for 12 weeks yeah it's, it's like i say it's, it's, a, it's a good variation and like i think to touch on something else which is really cool from it as well from the variance side of things not to sort of repeat ourselves but did you ever watch the uh cow strength video with mark bell at the beginning he asked how do you set a new pr every day I don't know if I remember, with Cal Strength, I didn't realise he did one. Yeah, he'd done, he done, he done, he done a little video podcast type thing with him there, and he basically just turned around, right, so how do you set a PR every day? And he sort of spent some warm and then sort of piped up and says, you do something different. And I, the one thing that's been really good for me within this programme of doing this very different uh, variation of squat every day, and I've, like someone, uh, one of the Ronin Strength lifters, uh, she messaged me today going, you, you're PBing every day. I'm like, yeah, it's great. Like, uh, my my training's really positive right now because I'm achieving something every day that I never achieved before. Yeah. So like everything's on a high right now for lifting, and that's a really cool place to be in as well. When you're when you're achieving things or breaking down little barriers like that, and each day you walk out of the gym or uh, say I walk out of my garden into my house, I've got a sense of achievement every single time I've trained. 
Yeah. In very, very few days in the past four or five weeks where I've not been actually really happy with my training. Whereas you go back six to nine months ago and I was literally, you saw me do it, I'm just tearing myself a new arsehole every day because I'm not achieving stuff. So to be able to do that variation within the squat, the snatch, the clean, like uh, Schenkel talked about it as well. So the fact being that just go in every day and do something slightly different. Do a block, do a hang, do a low, low hang, do like the, the different variations you do. I think just in general, if you if you add a bit of variation every single time, you're going to come away with something and a positive. Yeah. And that's that's the massive thing that I want to I, I want to try and push home to everyone with this is the fact being that that sense of achievement, especially like w- what we're going through and like that coming out of that every single day has been a massive, massive help for just general mental health, stability and things like that. I feel like every day I'm achieving something. Yeah, and I think that's another reason to try the program. Like, even if, like, to be fair, we're saying this is for beginners. If you're a beginner and you're locked down, you've got your kit, and this is something you want to try, then I would, I would say maybe give it a go and just like reach out to someone like us to adapt it so that you know what you're doing. Um, and I think this well, is quite kind of limited. That's that's all it would need to be. You could do a different variation every day. Yeah, and it's but just, just put some limitations within it. That's not gonna. My main concern with a beginner doing it is if they, they get a little bit of ahead of themselves and they don't understand bracing they don't understand how simple things like dumping a bar how many times have you coached someone to go right if shit goes wrong this is what you do yeah and then they go I've seen it time and time again in like globo gyms and like especially chums where i'm from i've seen guys attempting stuff and like <laughs> trying to do a front squat for the first time crossover style lost position t-spine's gone around there and they're in a power rack they've got the bar way too heavily over they don't know what they're doing boom fucking plates everywhere so it's like these little things. It's just like a beginner, let's say someone who's like, would take any of the guys that I'm coaching on rolling and I was going, right, from today we're going to squat every single day. Don't panic. This is going to be to like 80% front squat this day with this. And like, you can put the limitations in to actually get the most out of a beginner without killing them. Yeah, it's all about making sure that they're not like, they're learning slowly how, like what a one max, maximal strength effort feels like as opposed to like what I feel like a lot of beginners do, which will be like, and Adam, like Adam, and I'm calling him out on this because he knows he needs to do it. But like he'll, he's not, a, he's not a beginner, but he'll do something like, oh, when 80 felt good on a back squat, it flew, so I'll go 200, and then he misses it. Like that's what beginners will do. Not in those jumps. So like it'll be like, oh, 60 was amazing. I went 67 and missed it. It's like, well, maybe you should have gone 62 or 65 first. So oh, I've, I've done it on this program now. I remember messaging you about it, and I was like, yeah, I'll try a front squat 180. It went wrong. I got sat down straight away. And then, yeah. like, but then I, I told you what my jump was. I went, I knew I had one squat left in me. I so didn't want to waste that with 170. So I went straight from 160 to 180 and just thought, fuck it. If I stand up, I stand up. <laughs> so it's like, even as an experienced squat as I am, I, I still make those silly mistakes when you get a little bit bravado and like, you want to go for a certain thing. But it's like, again, it's like, you are right. Adam needs to learn that. We all need to learn it sometimes. But then every now and again, every now and again, that pays off. <laughs> that leap of faith, you're like, oh shit, stood that up, didn't expect that. So yeah, I don't think sometimes you have to, you have to do that. Well, I think like biggest clean, the biggest cleaning jokes I've ever hit have always been YOLO jumps. It's never been like, oh, I did win 67, I'll go 171. It was actually like, okay, you've done 160, what do you want to go? Oh fuck it, just put whatever on. Like it's always been that jump. Same with back squats. I think I've gone, what did I do? I went 210, got three. Went two, I think I went no, I went like 200, got five, got went 215 got three and then someone was like oh what do you want to go for or what's your best i was like 230 i might go 225 for two and someone went like don't be fucking soft just go 233 so oh yeah okay fuck it put it on so i took like the biggest jump i could reasonably take to be like well i've done 230 before so i'll just jump to that and to be fair sometimes that's the way it goes but once you're advanced i think missing isn't as bad because you know the reasons for it whereas when you're a beginner that can actually be a really jarring experience to be like fuck i've missed again oh my god and you need to you need to learn how you need to be taught how to handle that before before you go doing it yeah, like my, my sort of one thing I like to say to my guys a lot is that we're not training to miss, especially in the beginner level. Like yeah. the, the beginner to sort of early stage intermediate lifter, I like I don't like to see red dots or red crosses on anything of any, any of my guys' training. It's like yeah. I want to see you making lifts. And eventually we can then just like you'll get used to missing or understanding why you're missing. So that's that's a big thing. But yeah, like I say, for me, like the, the, the big carry out was the was the um just like having a mental win every day. Yeah. Even if, it, if it, even if you want to go stupidly down a rabbit hole, you could go like shoeless, no sleeves, no belt, zercher, PR for the day. Mate, I've... I've, I've, I've walk walk away happy. I don't know if you remember, but he's called Samurai Weightlifting. His name is Nick Horse, and he did a lot of stuff with trying to 
basically make people train like proper weightlifters and athletes when they were gen pop. He was like, I'm going to put you straight into the weightlifting team. And his whole thing was he had a girl come in once and say like, oh, you know what? I've not, that's a snatch PB. And like, he asked her, what snatch PB is it? I swear like, your snatch PB is like, sit like 80. I'm just like, oh no, but I've, like she said, I've never hit 70 from low hang and I've never hit above 65 on my pit when it's been the time of the month. And he was literally laughing, but then he was like, to be fair, like that is a measurement you can use if you really want to. Like being able to track something where it's a certain condition, being like, well, in this state or under this constraint, I've not hit this before. Under this state, under this constraint, same as us tracking our minimums. Like when you're in a really shit state, what's the most weight you've been able to hit? Oh, it's been this. So then you track that and you almost have like your minimum PB and your maximum PB and you just want to push them up together. Daily minimums and daily maxes are huge. I think that's another thing when you get into that intermediate level to advanced level where you're at, um, they're the big ones. Like in general, I think across the board, squats as well, knowing that you're going to come in every day and you know you can hit this regardless is a big, big, big confidence booster. So like, especially for me, like you've seen how I tend to sort of prep for competitions. I was like, I, I push the daily minimum as much as I can and then I hit it and I'm like, right, I'm happy with that. I then try to take another little step and each week it just gets, and I know Mem's done this with Lem and a few others. It's like, there's this track of minimum, maximum, and you're just trying to each week towards competition, raise that minimum and just get used to taking the maximum as far as you can. So, yeah. But yeah, like I say, it's, um, overall, like, I agree with like, everything you said on that. Like, I, I think personally, this has been my, <clears throat> this variation of a maximum, I don't even call it squat every day, but like a maximum effort squat program. Because if you think about it in general, like from a weightlifting perspective, we squat every day as it is. You're snatching, you're cleaning, you're squatting, you're back squatting. Like we're hitting a squat every day. But from this maximum effort daily program, this has been the best variation I've done on it. And it's and I'm seeing a lot more from it than I've done on other variations of the program. But I think that's also, um, how to put this, with the stage of where I am in my weightlifting, where the stage I am with my life and my age and so on and so on, this fits perfectly. Yeah. I mean, it's like... I'm not going to be snatching or cleaning anything monstrous anymore. I don't think the next couple of years, I'm probably going to hit a peak, but it's fun to have that little daily challenge of like, right, let's get that done. And now I know that, that like you say, if I, I run it for the 12 weeks and I get back into a gym, I might be able to keep running this with slightly different variations and just attack one a little bit more than another. Like a lot of this has been pauses, which I think has been fantastic for me. Yeah. Um, and I know you said the same thing about when you did the pauses, but like this gives me that, that nice little bit of motivation and I can go into my lifts afterwards and then just start to try and again, push the daily minimum, push the daily maximum and see where I'm at. So it's like, I, I think you might be right. And it pains for me to say this, but I, I could potentially at some point later this year, 125, 130 and perhaps 150 on a cleaning jerk. Yeah. And it's because like your technique has always been like quite consistent. As in I've never seen you miss, like your miss doesn't look, like a thousand times different than let's say like one of your mates whereas like for, like for me it used to be a case of like a miss would look completely different to how I'd normally snatch whereas now it's kind of like when I miss it's like why has that happened you have to look into it and it's the same for you so you'd stand to reason that if your capacity to squat goes up your gen like your actual max strength goes up and then you put that back into the technique you have it's like well the bar's now just going to get so much higher so then that's again going to give you that chance to slap mm. yourself under it which is your strength it's being able to pull that bar high and fast so if you all of a sudden get stronger that bar's going to be faster it's going to move higher so Anyway, so we've talked, we've talked for ages. So we'll wrap up there. If anyone's <laughs> interested, our next guest we're probably going to have on is our coach Mehmed. And we're basically going to be going over a lot of different things. So he's one of the, I say original Bulgarians. He's basically one of that. He's part of that group of the infamous Bulgarians who obviously did very well in the in and out of the Olympics in the world. Then obviously like a lot of them got banned. He's going to take us through what the actual, the actual proper Bulgarian system is, which isn't what we've just described year round. It's actually had like a, a lot of nuance to it which should be quite interesting. So we will see you guys next time.